Now, here is the top news stories of the day with Larry Hardesty. So, (laughs) let's make a deal. All these governors are out. Hey, we're available. Come to our state. We can, if you've got a sports franchise or a team, you can come play with us. Governor Gavin Newsom said sports could return without fans in California as soon as the first week or so of June. Governor Greg Abbott of Texas says pro sports without fans could resume in the Lone Star State at the end of May. And yes, Governor Cuomo weighed in as well. I also have been encouraging major sports teams to plan reopenings uh, without fans, but the games could be televised. New York State will help those major sports franchises to do just that. Uh, hockey, basketball, baseball, football, whoever can reopen. We're a ready, willing, and able partner. Uh, personal disclosure, I want to watch the Buffalo Bills, but I'm still objective. I'm acting as governor. There's no personal agenda here. Yes, I do want to watch the Bills, but uh, that is not subverting my role as governor. I think this is in the best interest of all the people and in the best interest of the state of New York. Okay, Governor. And speaking of sports that are on TV, a couple of them this weekend. How about Rory McIlroy delivers the winner in the charity Venice Golf returns to TV in the Skins game that raised more than $5 million for COVID-19 relief funds at the Seminole Golf Club in Juneau Beach, Florida. McIlroy and Dustin Johnson shook off some rust, took the event, and won $1.85 million for the American Nurses Foundation. Nice job, guys. The last golf competition that was live on TV, March 12th. Wow. And Kevin Harvick. Took the checkered flag at Darlington after NASCAR's 71-day layoff. The victory was Harvick's 50th in NASCAR's top series as he took the lead from Alex Bowman on a late restart and pulled away over the final 30 laps with no fans in the stands. Bowman finished second, followed by Kurt Busch, Chase Elliott, and Denny Hamlin. Well, everybody's still talking about the situation in the National Football League. Draft choice incentive if you hire diversity. Minority coaches, general managers... Hugh Jackson on Golik and Wingo says the process is not right. If you are successful in both of those areas, you now have a chance to go be a head coach. That's what worked for me. I'm not saying that's right, but to me, that had been the process in the National Football League to become a man of color who had an opportunity to be a head coach. And I think we all know in the 100-year history of the league, there's only been 18 minority head coaches. Period. Offense, defense, special teams, you can name them all. So the the process, obviously, there's some issues there that needs to be fixed. Um, But I think, like I'll keep saying, I just think it's a deeper issue that everybody needs to truly try to understand first before they tackle it. No question about that. Stephen A. on first take, he's got a solution to this problem. You want to resolve this. We want to bring solutions to the table, whether it's special teams or offense or defensive. How about mandating that you have to be a coordinator in order to get a head coaching job? Therefore, you have an objective criteria available to us all that we're able to look at you and say, excuse me, here's what you've done. And this is why you're qualified for consideration for a head coaching job. 
job in the National Football League. And because that process would become public, now we're all in a position to critique it objectively and accurately. And the issue of fairness is being addressed because it's in an open forum as opposed behind a curtain where we don't know what the hell is going on other than people having coffee or drinks together at night and getting hired because somebody likes that. Mm, Stephen A. Chris Canty. Part of DPS Group, Canty and Rothenberg, heard 10 to 1 here on 987 ESPN Monday through Friday, said here's the bottom line as far as he sees it. Minority candidates just don't have the opportunities. When you start talking about networking and, and opportunities to, to get to rub shoulders with people that can eventually be in position to help you and give you a job, that, that happens at country clubs, that happens at churches, that happens at barbershops. And unfortunately, the owners are not going to the same places as some of these candidates of color. And so you don't have an opportunity to have that rapport, to develop a relationship before it comes to the interview process. And I think that's what the NFL needs to be pushing for. I don't know if it's a conference or a seminar that you have where the owners and the head coaches, coordinators, GMs all come in and you have all the minority position coaches in the NFL there. I I don't know if it's something like that. I know at the collegiate level and at the high school level, they have coaching conventions. I mean, if you could do something like that, if you can have a program and outline it where you could bring those owners into the same room as coaches that can develop into head coaches, I think that's a great place to start because it's all about being able to build a relationship. It's a, it's not what you know, it's who you know and who knows you. And the bottom line, as Chris mentioned, owners hire who they're comfortable with. When it comes to owners trying to decide who the next head coach is going to be or who the next general manager is going to be, they're going to lean on their network. They're going to lean at people that are in proximity to them. And that's generally speaking, white men. That's what it is. I mean, going into any coaching search or general manager search, an owner has preconceived notions or ideas about the person that he wants to lead his team. And that's how they pare it down. And it ultimately ends up being somebody that's white more so than it ends up being candidates of color. And that's a problem. And you got to find a way to try to fix that. And the only way to me that you try to fix that is that you get these owners in the room with people that will eventually develop into candidates for those jobs. Well, that's what the Rooney Rule is supposed to do. Yeah, but the Rooney Rule is only happening during the interview process. It has to happen before that. In other words, Chris, the NFL needs a better networking system. I remember before I even got my first job, one of my friends in college, he said, the best thing you can do is make your friends before you need them. When it comes to these high-level jobs... You have to be able to network, and I'm sorry, the NFL just does not provide a pathway for minority coaches to be able to network with the decision makers at the top of organizations, which includes team presidents and team owners. So you have to try to find a way to be able to do that in order to try to level the playing field. You can hear that type of discussion every day, Monday through Friday, from 10 to 1 with DPH or Canteen Rothenberg here on 98.7 ESPN. Turning to basketball, Cavs' Larry Nance Jr. hopes restart plans consider players with pre-existing conditions like Crohn's disease that Nance has and uses a therapy that suppresses his immune system. The Cavs forward told ESPN's Brian Windhorst that he hopes the NBA keeps players like him in mind as the league plans to potentially resume its season amid the corona pandemic. 
I would hope, quoting Nance, there would be an understanding from the league if someone didn't feel comfortable coming back that you would get a pass. Hey, there's been movement with the Knicks. Utah Jazz scout Walt Perrin will become assistant GM college scouting to Scott Perry. Perrin, as you remembered, drafted these players. Now he's been with the cat, with the, uh, Jazz 19 years. Here's, here's a couple of the players he's drafted recently. Donovan Mitchell, Gordon Haywood, Rudy Gobert, Paul Millsap, and Darren Williams. Uh, I think he's hired. On the Michael K show earlier today, Jason Ayer, producer, director of The Last Dance, said, you know what? In working with Michael Jordan, he's got multiple personas. I think for all of his bluster, for, you know, saying he had no problem with the glove and all that, and, and, and Gary gave everybody problems, and Michael can laugh at it now because I think Michael thinks about championships. He thinks about team. And that's why, you know, he said, Carl Malone, okay, great. You can have that, you can have the MVP choice. I want this. I want the ring. I think that the most telling, uh, story that he told me, and we didn't get a chance to even really get into it when we told him the Bradford Smith story, but he did tell me that he took away from that. Well, Bradford Smith, do you guys remember that story? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So he said that his takeaway from that LeBrack and Smith thing was that he always respected every opponent he had on every night after that because any, he said that proved to me that if you get to the NBA, I don't care if I've heard of you or if I haven't, you have the potential to go off on any given night. Mm. And he said that taught him the lesson that that can happen at any time. When you make it to the NBA, you're that good a player that you're capable of going off for 37 points even if no one's really heard of you. So I think that he's got several personalities Honest. There's, there's, there's Michael. There's Air Jordan who wears the cape and, and laughs at the iPad and, <laughs> and scoffs at people saying they're better than him. Uh-huh. And then there's Michael the competitor and, and Michael the, the the kid who was coached by Dean Smith and respects the game so much that he goes out there and that's why he works as hard as he works. It's because he's got so much respect for the game. Yeah, we'll continue our discussion on the last dance. But first, did you see the uh, high school graduation virtual this weekend? It was great. Here's LeBron James. If you missed it, this is his commencement message, courtesy of The Uninterrupted. It's time to chase every dream, accept every challenge, strive for greatness, honor every promise, and recommit to your community. I know that's the last thing you want to think about right now in the place you've been sitting in for the last two months. Really, I mean, the last 18 years for you guys. But it's the truth. The community needs you. And when I say to the community, I mean your rec league, your church, your youth group, and most of all, your school. They need you. Most importantly, building your community is how you change the world. Unfortunately, the system does not solve the real problem. Education, violence, racism, they must be solved in the street. Class of 2020, I know the last thing you want to hear right now is stay home. That's not my message to you. My message is stay close to home. Great job, LeBron James. Finally, Bartolo Colon, big sexy, has not pitched in the majors since 2018, but he's not considering retirement yet. This is what he told our Marley Rivera. Quote, if I had the opportunity, I would play in any league, go anywhere. If any major league team wants an old man, I'm available. (laughs) Bartolo Colon, ladies and gentlemen.